Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. Hello, and welcome back. And today, we'd like to talk about some sudden increase in implant failures and some thoughts on that. I've been submitted a question by Tim. Hey, Doc, this is Tim. Uh, I took a class with you a couple of years ago, and we are still using the Nobel Active Implant, but we've been struggling lately with a few failures suddenly. I've been able to torque to 70 plus on some of these and walking away with extreme confidence, only to find problems two weeks later. Exudate, inflammation, bone loss around the platform. It's occurring frequently enough that I'm beginning to consider giving up, not being serious. I'm just feeling really dejected. I know these guys are bone level implants and not all of my finish are right there, but within half a millimeter to one millimeter. Some of these cases are in grafted sites. Just don't know what I could be doing differently. Any recommendations for exploring, discovering what's going on would be greatly appreciated. I looked at Nobel site, but there is nothing CE-wise that's readily available without having to travel. Please help. Thanks. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of the Nobel active implant. Uh, it's what we use, you know, pretty exclusively in our practice. And we've had good results with it. So listen, at the end of the day, we're all going to go through these times where we're going to have failures and sudden failures. So I always look at what are some of the causes of failures? What are some of the issues that I can be having with failures? And why are these things happening suddenly? Okay. So the first thing I always do is I look back and say, am I working in a clean environment? Are we making sure that our instruments are clean and sterilized? Are we making sure that our room is wiped down? Are we making sure all of these things are done? Now, again, that sounds simple and easy, but again, I always like to think about going back to the basics, kind of like when my golf game goes a little awry. I like to go back to, you know, grip and posture and stance and alignment and some of those things. So the same thing with implant dentistry. The next thing I look at is my actually osteotomy burrs themselves. When's the last time I changed them out, especially the pilot drill? I'm finding more and more, and I'm just as guilty of this, is that we're not switching these out more often enough. In other words, we're using them, they're getting dull, and then when they get dull, they generate a lot of heat. This heat can create some necrosis in the bone, and especially if we're doing guided surgery, we're getting even less irrigant down into the site. So then I would ask, are we secondarily irrigating the site? And so some of these things are part of the overall failures that we look at. And then once we look at that, then I look at what is the overall quality of the patient? Am I getting more aggressive and a little lax on the type of patient that we're dealing with? Are they smokers, diabetics, immunocompromised patients? 
Are they perio-involved? Am I not making sure that they're healthy periodontally? Are there infections going on in the site? You know, if you're doing a lot of immediate placement. So these are some of the things that I mentally walk through to make sure that I'm not missing anything. And then the next thing, what probably concerns me a little bit in what you're talking about is more specifically along the lines of the amount of torque. So I went through this phase where I was getting some failures as well, especially in sites I noticed in sites where I was getting heavy torque amounts, you know, 70, 80, 90 centimeters, and they were thinner bone sites. In other words, I didn't have my two millimeters of bone all the way around it. And I was purposely undersizing my osteotomy and hoping for bone expansion with the implant placement. And I believe what was happening, you know, as I explored it a little bit more, I believe I was creating microfractures in the bone as I was torquing that implant in. And either that or whether there was from the too excessive of a torque or whether that was from torquing the implant in too fast, you know, not giving the bone some time to expand, I was creating some microfractures, especially near the neck of the implant, the mid-body towards the top third of the implant. And then this was manifesting itself as early on failures. In other words, one, two, three, four weeks, five weeks in, I was seeing failures on these implants. I was seeing bone cratering. If I didn't see a total complete failure, I was seeing bone cratering early on through the integration process. So we've gone in our practice, we've moved to a, what many are using now, it's called osteodensification or the VersaBurs. And we're using that now to actually try to use the burrs in a reverse motion, these specific burrs. We're using them to allow us to expand and condense our site so that way we can achieve the high primary stability that I like to achieve, but yet not rely on the implant to potentially fracture the bone. So we're finding that our failure rate has gone down since doing that. And also, I'm less aggressive on healed sites in undersizing my osteotomy. I know that, you know, on immediate loads or immediate placement sites, I should say, we were severely undersizing our osteotomy. But what I wasn't taking into consideration there is that that osteotomy site wasn't completely in bone. So there was some give in the bone there to allow me to get a five millimeter implant with a three millimeter osteotomy. But in a healed site, and especially a grafted site, doing that same three millimeter osteotomy doesn't produce the same amount of bone release as you would in a immediate site. So I would certainly encourage you to look into that. And then if you're using guided surgery, please do make sure that you're irrigating both from the drill itself and then externally, make sure that you're quick and um, fresh burrs and make sure that you're following protocol there. The last thing I would also, uh, as it pops into my head here, is I would consider, could you be having especially with guided surgery, are you not cleaning the site with your tissue punch cleanly? One of the areas that I was also seeing trouble with in my practice at one point was not getting a clean tissue punch. And when I didn't get a clean tissue punch and I had little jagged edges of tissue around it, then when I would go to insert the implant, maybe some epithelium or some tissue was getting into my osteotomy site. And then that was manifesting itself and allowing the tissue to grow. Certainly, we know that tissue grows faster than bone. So then we were getting some infiltration of tissue there, leading to early failure, or in some cases, even late failure, because we didn't notice the tissue or parts of the implants were integrated. So those are some of the things I would take a closer look at. And uh, again, Tim, thank you for submitting the question. I hope to see you at 
one of our other workshops in the near future and hope everything is well in your neck of the woods. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.